Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the 23rd of December 1991. A blizzard falls over Stockholm, keeping its traffic to a standstill. A hundred kilometres away, a car has crashed in a ditch, and three bank robbers are fleeing from it. The police don't know the identities of the men they're chasing. But Stefan Thunberg did. Hi, uh, my name is Stefan Thunberg. I'm uh, the co-author of uh, The Father. I'm also a screenwriter in Sweden. But most of all, I'm the fourth brother who follow robbery after robbery from the inside. Hi, I'm Anders Roslund, um, co-author of The Father. Today I'm a best-selling author. But back then, when all this happened, I was still a TV reporter at the biggest news station in Sweden. And it was my job to cover this three-year-long period of brutal madness. Together they are Anton Svensson. And this is Made in Sweden, the six-part podcast about the incredible true story that inspired their novel, The Father. I'm Ed Wood, and this is a family tale like no other. Episode 6, The Black Bag. Now we're reaching the end of our story. We've left your family on the run, Stefan, in a snowstorm. And now we know who that third figure was. It was your father. Yes, it was. Uh... And we don't want to give away any spoilers for the end of the book. But that, so we won't say exactly what happened after that. But tell me how finding out that that was your father, realising that that was your father, affected you. In so many ways, because this was the last robbery that the gang did, the tenth and the last. And the irony in that my big brother, Leo in the book, and my father, Ivan in the book, and in reality was doing this last robbery together. It's so bigger than life in some uh, strength way that after... 20 years of conflicts between these two persons, my brother and my father. They are doing this and they are hunted down, hunted. Uh, the police force uh, are hunting them. And what do a father and a son say to each other under that extraordinary circumstances? What do they say 
how try are they trying to reach each other? Are they trying to solve the conflict between them? Are they trying just to survive? What are they saying to each other? It's so it's 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 that situation to have that I I I have had that situation in my mind for 20 years. And when me and Anders start talking about to break this reality down and then puzzle it together again as fiction, and we start talking about that. And when I told Anders about this episode, about these circumstances, a father and a son under uh, under escape from the police under these circumstances, he told me that we need this because this is the heartbeat in this story. You know, everything in this story is about this conflict. And we have to work with this because uh, the problem was that the only thing that I didn't couldn't ask my big brother or that we had anything, you know, for undersökning. From investigations or so? We didn't have that investigation, you know. We didn't know what happens in that cabin. We didn't know that, me and Anders. So what did you know? What that they putting were, the novel aside for a moment? What what did you know? And 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 what happened after uh, avoiding the end of the book? What happened after that to everyone? So firstly, what did you know? What did you know about what was going on? How much evidence did you have? You mean for this special occasion for this last robbery? A- and generally, how much did the police have? How much evidence did the police have about the crimes? Until this point. They didn't know anything about the group, the members. They were still faceless. They were still without names. They were still unknown. They had no context. They had no criminal records. They were nobodies uh, or faceless uh, uh, shadows, really. Uh, it was not until they were caught, they were uh, being uh, through all these trials that's when it was all sort of in the open that that was not uh, the ones we were looking for because the police during all those years were expecting very, very experienced bank robbers because that was that it was so perfectly done and the behavior was indicating that they were older, more experienced Uh, so they concentrated, they were focusing of experienced bank robbers. They slowly, when they found out about the military pattern, the organization, the operations, really, they were searching uh, for uh, experienced elite soldiers, or mercenaries, based upon the pattern, really. And then... After this, it was found out that it was all really revolved around three young brothers, around 20, the youngest 17 years old, and their uh, young uh, childhood friend. And what was Uh, the public reaction? That was, of course, surprise. Surprise for me as a reporter, followed this group for so many years. It was was surprise in many ways uh, that it, that it, it was experienced, when they did it, that it was possible to do this being unknown. But also, it was a tragedy, of course, finding out that this is a family. It was three brothers, it was a father, it was a girlfriend, it was childhood friends, 
And uh, it was also, they were carrying a name, a last name, which was very unusual in Sweden. So, of course, it was it was even more focused to, to, to one family. Uh, and Stefan, you were part of that tragedy, as Anders describes it, the tragedy of a family built on difficult foundations. Um, how did the the court case, the headlines, how did it affect you in the years at the time and in the years to come? Uh, a lot, because it, it was something every day for six months. Did you have to testify, by the way? No, no, uh, because it was so... It was so obvious that I was not part of it. It was... Anders laughed when he read in the investigation that some of them uh, talked to police and they asked if I was part of the gang and they answered that, come on. Stephen is not uh, aware of uh, how to buy an apartment, how to fill in a form. He can't be part of this group. He can't. Have, <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was very obvious. Stefan was... If I had been a police officer, I had been sort of suspecting him as a member for much longer time. But he was, after just a few weeks, he was no longer a suspect. So Stefan, he that was among the first things he said to me, I trust the Swedish police. So where did this leave you afterwards? Afterwards was like the, the newspapers and the, uh, and the news uh, reported about uh, my family for six months, every day, every day, every day. Uh, and... Um, it was, you know, my friends, they asked me a lot and, you know, I had, couldn't talk to my brothers because they were under this, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, totally yeah, the no rights to restrict it to, to meet anyone, to talk to anyone. No. I remember talking to the police at two, two times. and They come home to me and they asked me if I could follow them to the police station and, and they wanted to talk to me and we talked a little bit about my uh, childhood and my brothers and... I remember lying to them because they asked me if I know anything about my brother's uh, 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 robbering career, but I said no, so I lied there, I remember. Uh, but uh, it was a difficult time for me, uh, it was, really. And you changed your name eventually. Yes, I changed my name too. Because it was impossible almost to get work. We were six persons in, in, in Sweden that only my family had that name. It was uh, Schumonja, so it was a very, very, very special name. And, and yet... Here you are today, talking about your family, writing about your family in fiction form at least. You decided to go back to it. Why would you decide to do that if it was so painful? Because of that situation, because of the situation that, that I talked about earlier here. What do a father and a son say to each other under that circumstances? The circumstances that hunted by the police in that blizzard, you know, it's... It, it has followed me since then. But what made the decision to write the book, the final I think the, the I think it's a combination of time, 20 years, and that I met Anders. I think that combination uh, is the answer to that question. Because uh, I needed 20 years and I needed a good storyteller. And I, I'm a storyteller by myself, but it's easier if the story is so close to you, if you have somebody to work with especially if he's a talented storyteller. Is it fair to say that Anders has almost been your therapist? No. A little? <laughs> <laughs> the book has been your therapy? Yeah. Don't Is mention that, uh, the black bag now. I think we should mention the black bag now. Uh, Anders, do you want to tell us about the black bag? Uh, the black bag, that was something we should have 
I should have reckoned, of course, and you should have counted with that as well. We should have we should have seen this coming. Uh, but Stefan was so quick. He was fantastic in the beginning, sort of changing. When we were talking about this, uh, he could say, the mother, the father. And I said, no, it's your father. It's your mother. No, it's the mother. So they were sort of transferred in his mind quite quickly into characters because that was the way... We had a saying, our mantra was not ever, ever rat out. It was another mantra. It, it was, let's break reality into pieces and build it up as fiction. That was our mantra. That was Stefan's way in, and that was my way in. But you can break it and build it up as fiction as much as you want. So it is a story, yes. It is a novel, absolutely Sometime you need the reality. You read the real. You need the reality to get the skeleton, which is supposed to be a body around a, a, a bottom plate to sort of spill your story above. And at this point, we needed the full investigation. Also, the inquiries with the Stefan. The, 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 the yeah, the pr- preliminary investigation. It was since because it was not just one it was so many it was investigations from that bank and that bank and that uh, uh, arm truck and uh, there was that one devastation endangering the public that's the bomb that was that one I I have never seen before attempted aggravated extortion against the police we needed all that which was the truth the naked truth even that we made it as fiction. So it's been a while, it's been 20 years, and we tried to find, to locate those uh, investigations. And then we found it in her cellar pan. It was Stefan Jung's brother. He had saved them in a big plastic bag. He uh, had all in, the evidence in his cellar. Yeah, Vincent. all the evidence, uh, 6,000 pages of investigation uh, in a garbage black bag. And we got there by my car, and we 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 uh, went back to Reimersholm, which is a small island just in the heart of Stockholm, where I have my writing studio. And it's on the fourth floor, so I carried this up the floor, uh, the the stairs, and it was heavy. Uh, it was ungainly. It was like carrying a body. Uh, and so I, when I opened the door to the flat, I sort of just spilled the content out of the wooden floor to get rid of it. And there Stefan was sitting in my black sofa because he was sitting there always when we worked. I have it's just a one room apartment. And then suddenly it was as if I had been carried a body up in a plastic bag. It was an odor from twenty years of of a dead body coming out. Because that was the truth Stefan never had read, never had seen. He had avoided avoided intentionally. And it sort of spread to, to your place in the sofa. And it looked, searched for you. And you were so scared, Stefan. You were felt so heavy anxiety. And he actually ran away from me and from my apartment and from work for a long time. Tell, tell me how you felt, Stefan. Uh, you know, the walk, the balance walk between reality and fiction is really hard uh, when you uh, tip out the black bag full of uh, history and history from your own brother's uh, crimes. It's um, 
It's hard to see because they have hurt a lot of people. To understand that and read the, in the investigation, you know, the letters that the, uh, all the people that they have hurt have written to the police and things like that, you know, le- the crime victims. It was really hard. For the first, all that. But secondary is that you never ever coming, you can't escape the reality, even if you try to build it up as fiction, because you have to understand all the characters in your drama, in your in your his- story, and to understand your own family in that kind of way is. Uh, I really, under- I didn't understand at that point what really happens to me. But uh, for me, it was like. I'm digging in my family. I'm digging in my family's souls, like, and try to understand them. I try to understand them uh, together with Anders. I share my story with him, and we try to understand it. I try to understand them from the police uh, character in the book. I try to understand them. I try to understand why all this had happened. Um, I try to understand the conflict between my father and my oldest brother. But what I didn't understand really was that what I was doing there when I work with this project, with this book, with Anders, was that I wrapped out my family. The one and thing you were told never to do. Never to do. So I, on a subconscious level, understand at that point that what I'm doing now is to go against my father's words. Never, ever wrap out your family. So I get so scared. For, but, but what... Everybody, should what, I now bring, bring it up again, out with it in the, uh, in the open, and everybody can read about it. Because even if this is a story, a fiction, it's so much from my reality there, really. So, Do you still feel as though you've portrayed your father? Yeah. At that point, I did. Not anymore. Because I think this is the best thing you can do if you have a story, is to tell the story to, the, to an audience, to a public, to... To anybody who wants to read it. Did your brothers agree? Yes and no. Uh, How did they react to the book? Uh, Felix in the book, my uh, second youngest brother, he read the book first. Because we just had one copy. We had one copy. So it, it wandered between them. <laughs> yeah. So we, he take it first. I say, I read it. And uh, he called me up 12 hours later. And I could hear on his voice that he was not happy, but he told me that. Stefan, he said, I hate you, but I love this fucking book you have written. And then he threw on the phone and he never, he didn't talk to me in nine months. That was his reaction. Vincent, your youngest brother? He didn't say anything. He read the book three times. He listened to the audiobook five times or something when he was like, you know, before he went to sleep and he was. didn't say anything to us in three months. Then he called me up and he told me that, uh, yeah, I understand now, Stefan. This was me when I was 17. It's not me anymore. That was his uh, reaction. Because he was, you know, he, he's the silent of us. You know, he don't say so much about what he feels and things like that. And, and I guess the, the one most people would want to know about is how did your oldest brother, Leo, feel? The driver behind the robberies, the, the central character in The Father, the novel. How did Leo feel? Uh, he he wrote a a, a, a mail letter to me and uh, Anders and uh, explained what he feel it was he really liked the book he understand now what he had done to his brothers and uh, other people in the world you know cashiers and things like that but uh, 
couldn't re- really reach him because he had a hard time, what I understand, uh, to read the book, especially the end, you know, between... Uh, actually, why don't I call him up and ask him? Now? Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's call him. Hej, brorsan. Du, um, mm. Är det bra? Ja. Okej, okay, jag gonna talk English to you now. Mm. Uh, gonna ask you two very personal questions. So, is that okay? Go ahead, brother. Okay. The first one is, you remember when we were children and uh, this episode with the Molotov cocktail? Yeah. Yeah. You know, after that, the consequences, uh, the police was interrogate you or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Interrogating. Yes. Yes. Something like that. Something like that. And that talk after that that from our father that you had rat him out in that situation is that true oh. Oh, no <laughs> well, I was only a child but you didn't do that then no no way no I understand you know, you know what he always said what happens in the family stays in the family mm-hmm. and of course not Of course never not. Asked, you know, I never told anyone anything. No, I know But that. Still. And then I have a question about the book. Oh, yeah. You know the book. The book. Yeah. 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 So, what did you think about the book? You know, when you first you gave me the script, the book, and I was reading. And I started reading, and I couldn't drop it. And I read the first, say, about 400 pages. It took me two, well, not even two days, because I couldn't let it go. And then I almost threw it in the wall, because I couldn't read the finish, the end. And it took me almost something like two weeks before I could even pick it up and get through the end. And why? Because I hate sailing. Yeah. Sailing, but forbid it. Yeah. But what can I ask you? What you know? In that cabin, what mm. did you and our father talk about? What did happen in that cabin? A lot of things happen in the cabin, and I don't really want to go into that. But you know what? That's something between him and me, and it still is. Yeah. So I remember when you start reading and when you start working with the script and you start working with the book. You know, I re- remember how hard you tried and how hard you tried to write the truth away. Yeah. And the harder the harder you you tried, yeah. the closer you got. The closer you got to the truth, so and you can't imagine how close you got in the end. Okay. So, the book was good 
at 400 in 400 pages. <laughs> I loved it. You know, you know that I love the book. I love the book still, and mm. I just I just wished that it was about somebody else and, and another family, not ours. Yeah. Because you know, I love the book all the way, even though that that you know what I'm thinking about and, and yeah. feeling about sailing. And failing, that's a monument. That book is a monument about my failing. Huh. My biggest failure of all. Oh. Yeah, but you know, I love you anyway. Mm, I love you too, brother. Okay. You know that. Made in Sweden was presented by Edward. The authors were Anders Rosland and Stefan Thunberg, and the producer was Gavin Osborne. The Father by Anton Svensson and published by Sphere is available from Waterstones and all other good bookshops. The audiobook, recorded and produced by Chatterbox Audio, is available from Audible now. The Made in Sweden podcast series was recorded at the RNIB Studios with post-production by Chatterbox Audio. This has been a Nashet Audio production. <laughs>